The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to today's show. We've got a great show for you. Have you ever thought that kindness is in short supply? Because if you watch the media, it'd be very easy to think that kindness, certainly in some places, is completely extinct. Well, my experience is that kindness makes such a difference in your personal life, in your relationships and in your business. And my guest, Russell Cosway, is going to talk to us about kindness being the simplest business ethos when we get together after the break. But I want you to think about, to ask yourself, how kind are you to other people? And how easy do you find it to be kind to other people? How kind are you to yourself? And how easy do you find it? Now, kindness has been a theme that we've used on more than one occasion, and I make no apology for that, because I believe that kindness is incredibly important. If you like, it's the currency of love. It's the currency which makes people feel great and it is absolutely precious. So be kind to yourself, sit back, relax and be part of the show. Now, as you know, if you've listened to the show before, that genuinely you very, very proud to be a member of B1G1, which is all about kindness about considering other people who are less fortunate, but helping them in a way where it's not about giving them, it's the difference between giving a fish and giving a fishing rod. One feeds them for the day, the fishing rod feeds them for life. Now you can help because if you comment during the live show through the, the comment box or you email me after the show uh, at gina at genuinely-u.com, we will donate on your behalf to one of the projects and you can choose a project which is around um, food, sorry, my lost my train of thought. Um, if you want to feed the hungry, then put an F. If you want to educate, put an E. Um, if it's about clean water, put a W. And if it's for the environment, put an EN. And we will make sure that we donate to one of the many, many projects that B1G1 has on your behalf. So let's talk about kindness. And I want you to think about the last week or so and think about how often you have been kind to other people and what form that has taken and whether that kindness has been unconditional or whether there have been strings attached. I'll be kind to you if you do something for me. That's got a very different vibration to it. It's a very different energy than being kind and not actually doing it um, in order to get something back. However, the paradox is that by being kind to other people, of course we get something back. 
but we get something back which is intrinsically within ourselves rather than the other person buying or doing something in return. It's not a straight exchange. My dad had a great uh, saying, and the saying was, cast your your bread upon the waters and it will come back to you 10,000 fold. And when we are kind to other people, particularly when we are unconditional about that kindness, it doesn't necessarily come back straight from that person. But there is, as I say, a currency, a vibration around kindness, which comes back to us. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel that we are, are doing the right thing. And that has a huge impact on our sense of well-being and the sense of who we are. What I find interesting is how, and I'm talking about me as well, how much easier it is to be kind to other people than it is to ask other people to be kind to us or to be kind to ourselves. And it's one of the big lessons that I've learned in my life's journey, how vital it is that we treat ourselves with the same level of kindness that we find easy to give to other people. So what form does kindness take? And sometimes it's as simple as listening, as making eye contact with someone and making them feel valued because you are giving them your time. Sometimes it's easy to be kind and do the grand gesture, but Many people do the grand gestures, you know, they donate to charity and then continue to be unkind to people in their family or unkind to themselves. And it just strikes me that kindness should be something that is part of the bedrock of our very daily existence. If you find it difficult to be kind to yourself, think about why that is. Do you value yourself? Do you believe that you're worth it because when you do value yourself and recognize that you're not well you are perfect but you know you have wobbly bits and bits that aren't quite so good ultimately the being kind to yourself means that you aren't self-indulgent that you look after your body that you look after your mind and your emotions and your spiritual journey and allow yourself to be the best you can be because anything less than that is actually unkind. But it is also recognizing that when you are really exhausted, that taking time to regenerate your batteries, to be be able to rest and to allow yourself that time to recover, that's a kindness. It's a necessary kindness. But over the years, I've met many people who put their self-care at the bottom of the list. They are actually very unkind to themselves. They drive themselves hard. They say yes to everybody else and put their priorities at the bottom of the pile and then are frazzled and fragmented because they haven't got the time. So, kindness. Think about how kind you are. Because it's interesting that the kinder we are, the happier we are. The kinder we are, the more successful we are. But if you are kind and you expect there to be huge strings attached, you know, I'm gonna do this, but I expect, I expect a return on that investment. That's not true kindness. 
when we're talking about business, and we're going to be talking about that after the break, then things take on um, a different aspect. But ultimately, being kind is good for your life standards. It's good for the quality of your relationships. And it's blooming good for business too. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Steve Pipe was on a few uh, weeks ago and he was talking about B1G1. Now there's a guy who's been incredibly successful in business and he has now retired, sold his businesses and spends all of his time voluntarily working, helping B1G1 raise their profile and raise their awareness. And he gave a really great example of two businesses, two coffee shops on the same high street. And most towns have got more than one coffee shop on the high street. One of them, box standard, take your coffee, go and drink it, that's it. And the other which said, every cup of coffee, we will donate a penny or a couple of cents or whatever it was to B1G1. Now, over the year, they sold hundreds of thousands of cups of coffee. So the customer didn't notice the penny or a couple of cents. But ultimately, those built up and they made a real impact, a real difference to those projects that were uh, that they supported through B1G1. Now, imagine yourself walking down that road. Which cup of coffee would you rather drink? Would you rather drink a cup of coffee where you know that in the pleasure of your drinking the coffee or the cup of tea or the whatever it was you were taking from that coffee shop was actually at the same time going to do a bit of good. Hugely um, positive your business. And that coffee shop in that street did far better than its competitor who didn't see the value of being kind and giving. So we're going to have a short break now and after the break, I'm going to introduce Russell to you. We're going to talk about how kindness is the simplest business ethos. So don't go away. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. 
Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving. The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there. I'm really excited to introduce my guest to you this week. His name is Russell Cosway and he's based on the southwest tip of the UK in Cornwall, which is just beautiful. He runs a certified uh, B corporation called Guideline. Russell describes himself as a kindness pirate, a true community builder. He's also a Cornish ambassador, hosts a sustainability podcast called The Green Elephant Show and loves helping businesses become kinder and simpler. So. I'd like to introduce Russell Cosway. Hello, Gina. Hello there, and thank you so much for joining me. There's so much to talk about. (laughs) Before we start, can you just share with us your journey? How have you moved into becoming a kindness pirate? It's a wonderful term. I just love it. I think we're going to whip that, nick that. Um, uh, My journey's quite strange really i started in uh, local government uh, in it for many many years 30 years in in that and ended up uh, being uh, taken into a, a big corporation huge corporation and it didn't sit well with me uh, the bigger the corporation the more distant it feels um and i i'd gone from local government which was like a family to uh, to a business which was like an engine and it just it was heartless and um so i left and i started a company and the company was there to try and help smaller businesses um manage themselves a bit better but as as time went on and as with all uh people that start a business you kind of try something and fail and then try something else and well, not what fail is probably a bad word but it doesn't kind of do the reward you want and eventually and i have to say probably only in the past two years um that the the need and i I suppose you know the covid crisis has has exacerbated this situation where it's caused you to reflect you know you made the comment that sometimes that that moment of reflection you kind of go actually I'm just perpetuating what is a kind of unkind system to a certain yeah. extent. And so uh, I changed direction. Um, we became a B Corp and that kind of clarified the thoughts down. And, and then you kind of think, well, well, how can I make a real impact? And I think the real impact today is to be had, is to build upon the kindness that we saw during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
through my own show, the Green Elephant Show, I met Magnus Wood, um, whose uh, episode will be streaming fairly soon. Um, but he is from a, uh, started a, a corporation called the Kindness Corporation. He wrote something called the Kindness Code, Seven Ways. And the chat with him clarified some, you know, so, you know, all those points are floating around in your head is what do I do next? It just kind of all went, that's it. That's what I want to do. And then at the heart of what I do in business is I, I love simplicity. And I, I think simplicity to a certain extent is the ultimate kindness. If you, if you can make it simple, <laughs> yeah. your customers will love you, your workers will love you. And to be honest, you'll love yourself a little bit. It sounds great. I'm interested in the why kindness pirate. I mean, we have connotations of pirate. I just read a, a great book called um, How to Be More Pirate. And um, it's, You mean this book here? I do mean this book here. It's an amazing book. Um, and and to, for those who are viewing or listening, um, we're talking about pirates at a very particular time in history. Yes. where they had a, a really clear code of conduct and so on. So we're not talking about, um, although there was violence, that there was a very, very different feel to pirates of that time than perhaps the pirates we think about when we think about pirates generally. Yes, and it, the the difference between a, a pirate and a privateer, which I didn't realise until I read the book, was a privateer had a letter. You know, it was the only thing that differentiated him from what we perceive from probably more from film and and um, uh, our gym lad type uh, TV programs than the truth. Uh, and the funny thing is, I actually live in an 18th century house built by a privateer who turned a pirate. Um, that's completely incidental to the, the book. But once I read the book, I went, oh, my goodness, I live in a pirate's house. This is amazing. And the golden age, they set a code and the code was blissfully simple. It was so simple. You know, some of the codes written by the early uh, pirates were six statements, 10 statements. You know, it, it wasn't the policy nightmare that you live in. Even in small businesses, you end up with 25 policies to run your HR and your finance and your yeah. purchasing. And you go, oh, just and they had like 10 statements, one of which gave health insurance. One would gave everyone a fair vote, regardless of gender, race, you know, all the stuff that we or position within the within the uh, the crew. That's right. The captain had one vote. Uh, the quartermaster had one vote and the, the guy in the galley scrubbing plates had one vote. And and they all got a fair share. And, and and what wasn't, you know, we now see CEOs. We've seen CEOs being paid two hundred thousand times more than the lowest paid person in the business i mean that is ridiculous and here we are talking about captains who got paid two possibly four ship times more than the 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 sailor and the they so the pirates were nothing you know violence wasn't their outcome they built health insurance into their community pot so to speak so if you lost a leg whilst you were in pirate service in the crew, you got eight hundred pounds. Now imagine eight hundred pounds in seventeen hundred and one. In today's money, we're talking about 
hundreds of thousands of, aren't we hundreds yeah. of thousands of pounds that's right and if you lost an arm it's 600 so violence wasn't in the pirate it wasn't beneficial to them because they kind of had to pay out if they lost uh limbs but it did give everyone a lot of confidence and reassurance but the big difference is is they broke the rules they they challenged what had become established now of course what was established back then is nothing like what we referred to as the enlightened world we have today maybe and we've got more and i say more equality but not equality we have more uh, racial acceptance we have some perhaps more on top of our own our unconscious bias maybe um uh, there's but, still a very long way to go isn't there yeah yeah and I, i'm trying to temper my words down before anybody goes what do you mean there's equality i know mm. there is not equality but they they championed equality in a world which was so violently against it there were you know women were degraded to you know the lowest uh, roles if they had to and, and well they were actually belongings they weren't seen as people in their own right were they they could well yeah could well have been in that unless you're in the aristocracy and then of course money well, talks, doesn't it? but even in the aristocracy and i would say particularly in the aristocracy women were married off um because people yeah. wanted to maintain their lands but once they did they didn't own anything their husband took on their fortune yeah, that's true. And, and and they couldn't inherit. And I think if they yeah. were the only daughter and it ended up they yeah. had to get married so that they could actually live in comfort again. And and yeah, you're right. So absolutely. And back then it, it was quite marked. And so the pirate code was light years ahead mm. of of what we uh, to a certain extent, even what we had today. Back in the 20s, women didn't have a vote in the UK. No, no. And so we we they they were way ahead of their time they broke the rules and they broke the rules they didn't just break them and anarchy they broke them and they replaced them with something fairer something better mm. and so the yeah and we we so often use the word disruptive and uh, and activists and stuff like that and extreme even extreme activism but uh pirate is the reason I use pirate is one, it's a little bit funny, and people go, What do you mean? What? Just because you're, Corn <laughs> from your Cor because you're from Cornwall, you get to call yourself a pirate. <laughs> I'm no. taking it you don't turn up with a parrot on your shoulder. Um. <laughs> See, stereotypical. Pirate. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to catch you on your unconscious bias against pirates. But, the <laughs> but it, no, it, it, the reason I use pirate is because it. I do like to entertain. I do think it's witty. And sometimes we're just a little bit too serious with ourselves. Mm. And so uh, I'm kind to myself because I make it very much easier. People come and come talk to me on LinkedIn and uh, and they go, oh, what do you mean by kindness pirate? It's a great introduction. It's a great icebreaker. Yeah. What am I? I'm just somebody who likes to help businesses challenge the rules. You know, they've got into a habit, especially growing businesses. They've gone from micro, they've gone to small, they had policies put in. They put policies on top of traditional systems and then they've been told that they need to be more flexible. So instead of going back to foundations and rebuilding a flexible environment, they go, oh, let's put a flexible working policy and oh, oh, let's improve our maternity policy and our paternity or oh, let's have an adoption policy. Let's have a pet adoption policy. And, which is one I saw the other day, which I thought was fantastic. Right. 
<laughs> you, you go get yourself a new pet, you get a couple of weeks pet adoption. And Goodness me. So, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, they layer it on top. And actually, when you come down to it, you know, the simplest policy, the simplest policy is be kind. And if you're kind to your employees, wouldn't that be giving them the time off they need? Wouldn't that be if they ask for it? Then, you know, within reason, we've got to run a business, but, but give it to them. Um, and, and maybe we should go back to basics and start where the pirates started, which was, hey, how would we do this if we were to start afresh? And that could be seen very daunting to some businesses, but that is, is the challenge we like to set ourselves. It's interesting, isn't it? And there's lots to unpack there. But, and I work with strategically with businesses and you're so, you're so right, actually right and absolute, isn't it? But the people build on, they layer it on. It's rather like, you know, the rocks that have been layered um, in times gone by that each layer is built on the other and it gets set rock hard. And people have this view of, well, you've got to do it that way because we've always done it that way, rather than actually, if you were to do it in a way that worked well for you now, what would it look like? Yeah. You talk about kindness. I often talk about uh, with leaders, how, how valuable, how precious creating goodwill is and goodwill is based on kindness yeah it is. and i i liken that to a bank account that when your bank account is full and black you can go and you can go and um, purchase special offers you can go on a nice holiday you you have choice and freedom but when you go into the red then you're getting rude letters from the bank and it's costing you charges and you have no flexibility mm. but so building up your bank account of kindness or goodwill i think is one of those ways where as a, an enlightened leader that you can really not only help your staff but also help your business yeah and you know you know how rich people get richer yeah seems to be the thing that happens uh, there was a quote um, I saw the other day from Scott Adam, uh, Scott Adams, who uh, I think does the Dilbert um, uh, cartoons. And he said, remember, uh, every, every act of kindness has a ripple. It has that, 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 that has no logical end. It's, you know, we see a ripple and you see it kind of go out and yeah. it dissipates. But actually a ripple of kindness can go in and just carry on. Yeah. And there's a there's a bit of science there that actually perceiving an act of kindness, even if you're not the recipient of it, is seeing somebody else doing an act of kindness. That can have a that can in, improve your dopamine levels and your oxy, um, oxytocin, which are the kind of the uh, almost a drug. Um, well, to, it's it's the feel good. They're, they're feel good feel hormones, good. aren't they? And they're a oxytocin huge antidote to stress. That's it. And the oxytocin is also great for lowering your blood pressure uh, yeah. and your vast cardiovascular health. And so you're actually doing yourself good by watching people being kind. So if you're in a kind organization led by a kind leader, the the staff, by seeing an act of kindness, so you give, you know, what would be in any other business an unusual 
period of leave to somebody or an, an unusual flexibility, people kind of go, oh, yeah, that's, I, I, that's amazing. And, and it ripples. And they tell people. And then you're kind of, And so this rich person, this person who has given something away, essentially in kind terms, but you haven't, is returned to you by, by other means. Yeah. Um, and, and in business, that's so important because reputation, to be honest, is, is pretty well everything. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about building a brand. When you say about building a brand, it's not the logo. It's, no. it's the heart of the business. It, the logo might, might be a physical representation of what you do or, or your name, but it, it isn't what you are. What you are yeah. is, is how you're perceived. And if you are perceived as a kind organisation, people will come to you. And there is no doubt in my mind that when it starts from the leader, the person at the top, and they act as the role model, then it gives almost gives permission for other people to do the same. Whereas there is kindness in our organisations, despite the leadership at times, but it stays contained and under the radar. And that seems to me very sad and such a waste in business terms. I think... Uh, another aspect of leadership and you touched on it in your um in the bit before the break and you said uh, uh about being kind to yourself and uh one of the areas that i saw so often in in the bigger business is people used to hammer themselves to death at work they just go on at it and the, and they would then um you know i've got to get this stuff out and i've got to work and so i'm gonna have to i used to do it I was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I used to work all the way through the day, troubleshooting, and then I'd have 300 emails to answer at night. Mm-hmm. And so what we do, you send an email at 10 o'clock at night. And then other people feel that they've got to answer it because... And that's unkind. It's That is unkind. It is an unkind thing to do because you put a burden on your people and your workers, on their peers, yeah to work at your level and you're not trying to do that you're just trying to do your best for your business sometimes you're just trying to do your best for your staff yes but that's but not you the think way it, it works it's about balance isn't it oh um, yeah. yes so i was talking to somebody who has quite a big business and they made the decision that they were going to do a four-day week and mm-hmm. the four-day week was not going to be four long days they were going to be four <laughs> normal days um, and they were going to have Fridays off and they expected there to be a dip in production but an increase in staff health so a reduction in staff absence. Interestingly they found that staff absence went down to, to almost nothing and if it were they were people were absent they were absent because they were there was something catastrophic rather than for little things. Yes. And production went through the roof, that people felt valued, that they felt trusted, and they came into work with a smile and they just cracked on and they worked hard on those four days in the knowledge that they had three days to recharge their batteries and to um, to be them, to, to not worry about work. And it was interesting how many people in the group, I was, there was a group of us uh, who were part of a networking group, how many business owners looked aghast at this as a possibility and mm. could not see the value of doing that. And of course, there are some industries where that would not work. You can't have a hospital open no. 
for four days a week. However, you can accommodate in a whole range of ways. But it just seemed to me that, that it's time for us to take stock and to look again, to do things differently. And like the pirates that we started to speak about at the beginning of this interview, to actually have a blank piece of paper and say, what is it that we want and why do we want it? And what is it that's going to serve us and our customers or client base in, and the environment in a way that is kind? And if more businesses did that, I think we'd see a very different um, profile of health, for example. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and what I think what many businesses worry about is that, that how it would be perceived. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, if I close, if, you know, if you're running a retail shop and you close for one day a, a week, you know, yeah. I remember the days when we used to, nobody opened on a Sunday. Yes. Uh, only the very, very small corner shop may be open if you're lucky. And there used to be half days on Wednesdays and things like that. As people <clears throat> now, shop, I, shop for lunch. That's right. Now, I live in a, a small village, uh, which was, funnily enough, the ancient capital of of Cornwall at one point and they and we've we've got a chemist that shuts for lunch we've got a um we've got shops that shut on Wednesdays we've got shops that shut on Mondays you know and and the customers don't mind they just cater for it they go oh, I know you close on Monday so I'll buy extra on Saturday because I know you're open on the Saturday, but you like a weekend, that's fair enough. It's completely reasonable. What we've got is this heightened expectation that if we shut, we will lose our customers. And I don't think it works that way. It might in some cases, as you say, not everyone's the same, but we put ourselves under an estimable amount of pressure. And the other thing that you, you mentioned is about days and the four-day week, and I've seen that implemented very badly. Um, but the, the thing, one of the things I'd like to see businesses look at is their concept of time. Um, not, not the whole, you know, linear nature yeah. of it. I'm not expecting you to change that, but the, the fact that it, it, it is precious. It is a finite resource mm. that we have, but everything is about how many hours in the week, how many day hours in the day, how many minutes can I get productivity? You know, mm. everything is about time and, it, and as much as we are focused in targets on money money we also have to report very much on you know uh how how, how uh, flexible working arrangements are or you know and it's all down to hours you know how much it's, you pay per hour and i think that's something that needs challenging in the rule book for a pirate one of the things that that when i work with businesses and particularly when i work with leaders is to ask them to really think about how they use their time. Time is a finite commodity. We can only use it once. Yep. And one of the exercises that I often ask them to do is to go to their diary for the last three or four weeks and go through it with almost a set of traffic light colours. <laughs> Things that they should be doing that where they're being productive and it actually supports the business and the people within it, green. Things where I'm not sure whether I'm the right person to be doing it or whether it needs to be done or done in this way, Amber, and that's something for us to look at. Yeah. And what on earth am I doing this for? Because it serves no purpose. And that people come back and they are amazed at how many red, why are we doing it, that they have. 
Now you can use the same exercise with all of your policies and say, you know, which bits of these policies are still active, still serving us, actually doing the job and which aren't and yeah. use the traffic light system. Yeah. And people are absolutely amazed at how much is redundant and how much, how big a difference there is between being busy and being productive. And when you stop filling your time with busyness, then life becomes much easier and it's much easier to be kind because you're not stressed, overwrought, overworked and overwhelmed. Yeah. And, there, and then the four day week or the reduced hours in the week or not working 14 hour days becomes yeah. very much more achievable and, and without an impact. In fact, you'll see a positive response because the time yeah. you are working is so much more productive. Yeah. It's interesting because one in in your um, your bio, you talk about um, the the importance of being kind to the environment. Actually, it's not in your bio, but it's in in some of the paperwork, and we've talked about that. Many businesses are now, or businesses now in general, are being asked to be much more aware of the environment and the impact on on that. Yeah. So when you go into a business, what are, the, what are the sort of principles and advice that you're offering businesses to help them achieve that aim? Well, the, the, obviously, the, the subject of the environment and the impact you can have on the environment is, is a massive one. We, yeah. get a very, we get a lot focused on the CO2 issue because it's kind of tunnel vision at the moment because of the global warming, yeah. um, whether you believe in that or not. Um, there is a risk that there is global warming and it's human created and co2 is um is not the only issue and so what we like businesses to do is open up their books and how do where do i get my stuff looking at your supply chains actually look at where your raw material comes from for mm -hmm. your product obviously if you're service-led then what do you do to uh, to make that service happen and what do you use because all of us use resources and we can't mm. you know we're sitting here talking on pcs which are uh, which have been built out of aluminium and plastic and yeah. gold and platinum and bore and all sorts of stuff yeah. glass and sand um and we're using electricity and we're using the internet and we are burning creating co2 we can't can't help but do it no. you know as long as we're alive we're doing that kind of thing so we really need to the, the first thing is awareness you just yeah. need to be aware of what your what your footprint is if you want to call it and it but by, by footprint i'm enlarging that out to what am i potentially polluting you know it could be noise pollution it doesn't have to be you know water runoff or no. with, with pesticides in it or anything like that but obviously that all needs to be counted and so what we look is for a, a, a deep dive is you've got to be aware of what you are doing what your impact is your negative impact because then once you're aware you can kind of go oh that's not good i can start adjusting because one of the big problems is uh is the ability for those people that are wealthier and those businesses that have got more capital is to offset to feel good i'll go do something over here you mentioned b1g1 brilliant love that um and 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 uh, and and, you, and yeah i'll give more i'll give more to charity or I'll do i'll plant more trees or mm. i'll do something to offset how evil i'm being over here but it was a fantastic art uh, it was a fantastic video um it, it 
talks about a, a, a murder offset uh, that, that uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, finds this uh, guy and he says, you're the you're the murderer. And he goes, you're right. He said, but I've got a murder offset. I went to Jack the Ripper in London and asked him to stop murdering for a month. And so the world is a little less murdering. And when you look at it from that perspective, you realize that we are, <laughs> we got to cut down what we do at the core, not just compensate for it elsewhere. Yeah. So the, the first thing we must do, every business must do to be kinder to the environment is to know what you are doing to it because until then you won't know what to do to change and then you go right how can i become more circular for example in in circular uh, donut economics and you start looking at where you get your raw materials from and perhaps changing your supplier base and and then it starts the action that comes out of that allows you to align to a far kinder more environmental um route that's so important isn't it because you're being good in one arena actually doesn't mean negate the need to be very honest and clear about what's happening and ultimately if you can sort the root cause out don't stop giving in other ways but actually sort what the problem is rather than it's not my responsibility i'm being good that's right yes and uh, yeah you can't constantly pay stuff off to let no. make it go away or let's just let it go away and i think i'll make a call out to every person that's a multi-millionaire is that having uh you and your your partner having a 14 room house sitting in the la hills with a heated swimming pool and a, a constantly running sauna is not good for the environment and no. it's not kind to your neighbor even i'm not talking about your direct next door neighbor i'm meaning your your yeah. poverty stricken neighbor who can't afford to heat their house so we're at the end of our time. Um, we always ask people to choose one of the projects um, and yeah. you've pro you have chosen project number one, uh, which is all about education yes. and educating people so that they can find their way out of poverty. Yes. So thank you for choosing that. Also, thank you for being a great guest. You've opened a conversation to which I think there needs to be many more conversations because ultimately if you're going to be the leader of your own life then leading that with kindness is so important and if you're the leader of the business then even more important because people will follow your lead so thank you very much Russell it's been great don't go away we've got a short break please come back we just and then we'll finish the show but Russell thank you once again been great thank you. see you in a minute You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, 
Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. So if you think about kindness and you want to know more, I didn't ask Russell actually um, on air where you can find him. So it's at Russell at Guideline and Guideline is spelt G-Y-D-E-L-I-N-E.com. There it is, Russell at Guideline.com and you can contact him there. We have just a minute or so left and I just want to ask you to really consider how you can be kind to yourself and others in the next week. And I'd love to hear from you. What are the things that you're doing, those things that you're doing perhaps a bit differently to be kind to yourself? If you're a business owner and you'd like to be involved with B1G1, then email me and I'll let you have the code. Um, It's a great organisation and not to do it to offset something else that you're doing, but to do it because it's a great thing to do. It doesn't have to cost you a huge amount of money. The impacts are organized in such a way to make it easy to give, even if you're a one-man band and a very tiny business. So thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next week. Got another great guest for you next week. But in the meantime, choose to be the leader of your own life. Take care and be kind. Bye-bye now. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.